We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And all I see is just, like, nonstop takes. It's like, dude, shut the fuck up. When I saw your tweet, I started dying. I was like, dude, shut. Can this place just shut up for like five minutes? <laughs> the just one like which I was like minutes. NBA Twitter discussing communist China. And I'm like, yeah, it's like, dude, oh my God. And, and you know how NBA Twitter is. It's always like, oh, my opinion's right. Like whatever I say is right for sure. There's just, there's no way I'm wrong. There's an it's irony to them disliking Skip Bayless when they're all Skip Bayless. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a great way to say it. That's a great way to put it, dude. It's just... It's yeah, I mean it's it's like it's like when they make fun of us, but they also make their jokes in the same structure that we've done for the last like three years, you know. Hashtag Fuck. love of the fame. <laughs> Hashtag whatever player better. I just bought guava juice. Dude, this shit is incredible. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> the Light Years podcast. I don't know when we started recording, by the way. It doesn't matter. I think people like the cold intros more than anything. Maybe Ben will cut it. Who knows? He, I, I, I give Ben full autonomy to decide if he should cut the cold intro or, you know, because sometimes you and I go with stuff that we probably don't want online. Or um, last week he cut a few minutes, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to, <laughs> sometimes it's good to not have us just, you know, talk about random shit for 20 minutes. I don't know if the people like that. Maybe we can like have them pay us to talk about random shit. You know, maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's what the pe- people like that content more. Maybe Andy and Sam on non-warriors, Andy and Sam on the middle East. Yeah, actually. Um, so we threw out, uh, <laughs> We threw out the hashtag for questions, and most of them were on the game, and that's going to be pretty much majority of the podcast, the opening yeah. game at the chase. But um, Where we I, both went to. We did both go to it. We sat behind uh, 
Jerome Grant and threw up some really awkward hand symbols. By the way, I did not mean to do the like Borat claw that's on our t-shirts. By the way, you guys should all get the t-shirts. I think they're phenomenal. But uh but somehow I did it. I just remember Grant being like, "Hey, hey, look for the pic. We're taking a picture. Look, look." And I'm like waving my hand and like can't figure out what to do with it. And I'm like, "You know me well enough to know sometimes I get a little awkward with those sort of things." I it, so we had taken a picture, and then uh, for some reason Grant's a weirdo and had it on flash. So we took another one. You were like, tw- uh, you were like tweeting or something, and so it was pretty funny. But I always do the three finger, the the, the Dirk three, because I th- I think it's pretty cool. But you just pulled some shit where I was like, what is like what that is? That's like my dad growing up when I was like five, and my dad we, was like, we all turned into our dads. Yeah, it's, it's like <laughs> we all turned into our dads for the Correct. for the six six to eight percent of the light years audience, which is female. Um, maybe maybe lower. By the way, but, thank you for listening. Just that all, is. <laughs> just when you're uh, when you start dating a guy, just remember he's gonna inevitably turn into his father. So, so take notes. <laughs> I mean, I've got the dad bot already. Like that's, I've really perfected it in my late twenties here. I don't think I'm, it's not going to get any better. I've, you've, uh, you've peaked like yeah, what, I've, oh, what you got yeah. going today is the best it's ever going to be. Oh yeah. I, I was on this date with this girl and it was like the second day and I just, and we were like grabbing a beer and I go like, I go like, Hey, listen, honestly, dad bot, I've perfected it. You're not, listen, no surprises here. When this comes off, there's nothing. There's just there's nothing that you're gonna be impressed about. This is I am what it is what it is. I think she appreciated that, Sam. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so we got some questions. We're, we're gonna we're gonna predictably talk about the game, but I gotta open with our guy, um, Kev. Oh yeah. Number one list. Number one listener, or if nothing else, number one questions for the Light Years Pod. He goes. How did your immigrant parents punish you for subpar grades? Did you ever do the thing where you like went home early because you knew it was like maybe report card day where it gets sent oh, in the absolutely. mail? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, right. You know exactly. For some what I'm reason, talking my, my about, parents, right? my parents seem to think the postal service is highly unreliable because they only got half of my progress reports. <laughs> I, I. So I'm with you. I only got to hide half. My parents didn't get like super mad. There was worse though. Like, like my dad would just be like, "Well, son, like, I know you love basketball. Like, just try harder." Blah blah. And my mom like wouldn't even say anything, which fucking honestly was probably worse because you could like if I got really good grades, my mom would be so happy. I was like a straight A student all the way to high school, um, and she would be just so happy when I get good grades. And then when I didn't, she just like wouldn't say anything, which honestly might be worse. Like, she just wouldn't say anything. And I would just be like, "Fuck!" <laughs> like, right? Like, I think the disappointing thing and the and Asian parents are very silent treatment. I think like that's worse the guilt? than like it's like yeah, hey, getting hey we at. left an authoritarian regime which wants to get Daryl Morey fired for literally tweeting a picture of Hong Kong. But you know, you wanted to watch a TV show instead of studying. I get it, fucking you know? idiots. <laughs> um. I don't know. It's it's the fear of God. I can't say I got enough bad grades that it was like a major issue. Nice flex. <laughs> but uh, no, it's it's like uh, it was. I don't know. You, you just 
you get irrational like okay you just go sit in your room forever it's it's and it's also like the like you don't want to like there's no you don't make the excuses right like my thought process was not like hey like oh i had to do this this and this or i like the teacher like made it really tough this i I never thought that way it was more like oh what did i do wrong to not get those grades i think that like i think that minorities have that thought process the system wasn't out to get you it you weren't oppressed. Exactly. <laughs> it's, it's like, yo, it's it's more my fault. Exactly. It's like not, oh, they, you know, look, they, look if they had... having accountability. <laughs> I'm just trying to give myself credit here, man. Lowell was hard, man. It was it was a tough school. We had a lot of smart people. I felt like an idiot throughout most of the time going on that school. I would not recommend people sending their kids the, to the that pressure high cooker. You're not, yeah, you know, the just, pressure cooker. I, you know, it's my little brother, and my little sister went to Wash, which was the rival school. And I wish I had went there because then I could have just got straight A's there instead. You know, it would have been much easier. But low, you're like surrounded by people like they know they're going to be lawyers. You know, they're all going to like they're all going to either like Berkeley, Stanford or like Ivy League schools. Like they know what they want to do. And I'm just sitting there like, dude, I don't even I just want to I just want to kiss a girl. You know, I don't I don't want to I don't know what fucking, you know, bio is. I don't know what any of the shit is. Physics, AP physics, AP calc. Fuck out of here. Anyway. Enough Andy, high school talk. Andy just trying to go to Cascade shows. So. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, really excited for now that now that we've seen Chase, I'm seeing Elenium at Chase in December. I am so excited to be on on yeah, the how, floor. How excited that. are you to to see something at Chase you want to see, which is not yeah. going to happen this basketball season? <laughs> um, we did get one of these. Cool... All right, we're going to go good. into the mailbag, but um, from from Chano. First impressions of Chase. Imagine views from the press box weren't great. I honestly have so much. I want to start with this. I have so much respect for Lacob making a point to put the media as far away as possible. How many meetings do you think he sat through and was like, can we put them in a jail cell under the, under the stadium? <laughs> do they even have to be there? Why? They, they don't say nice things about me, you know? And we don't make them any money. Yeah, exactly. That's the worst part. <laughs> um, uh, Chase is great, man. It looks phenomenal. Um, they've got like it looks, it feels. Like, Did you feel overwhelmed? I felt a little overwhelmed walking into it because it was just like I didn't know what I was walking into, and it was mm-hmm. a little maze-like. Yep, it was very big. Like, how much bigger you think it is than Oracle? So like, the, it was the funny thing is, the seat count is basically the same. Uh-huh. Like give or take, I think four hundred seats. So it's not like they um, they didn't go like the United Center in Chicago. United Center in Chicago has got like twenty three hundred seats, which is like five to six thousand more than Chase. <clears throat> so they didn't go that route. Um, but yeah, it felt a lot bigger, even if the sight lines were mostly the same. Um, and I, I do think the TV like. The, the, the first thing you notice is, like, you got, like, the Jerry's World, like, Cowboy Stadium TV. And it's pretty, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool, honestly. But it's, like, it's just hard to miss. I found myself watching that almost as much as I was watching the game flow. Yep. Because <laughs> it's so big and in your face. Yep. Yep. And they had two um, monitors next to them that were essentially charting each team's uh, – each team's shot chart. Yeah, this and was definitely was the lit- stat nerd arena. Like having like, oh yeah, putting up the numbers up there of what like the offensive rating and the true shooting percentage were. And I'm like, 
oh, are we mainstream with this stuff now? And I don't know. Oh yeah, offensive writing, all types of all types of stuff that I, I don't think the majority of fans care about, or they're gonna look at it and be like, what the hell? But it's cool um, that it's there. The Sean chart, the Sean chart was cool because like whether you're into the advanced metrics or not, everyone knows what a shot chart is, and it's kind of yeah, interesting yeah. to look at it and be like, man, the Warriors just keep taking and missing threes. You know, like it's it's just a visual <laughs> oh, representation boy. of going like ten for forty from three. Yeah. Um, I that was it was beautifully done. Everything was really really well done. The colors were great. Um, it was like really easy. Like it's really white. Yeah, um, we, easy to look I, at. I, we didn't get blue. to try the food, but the food looked really good. That was um, the other thing. I yeah. kind of want to, but like you know. So for those who don't know, we were on the radio on Saturday, and by the time we got over, we basically missed the first quarter. So you know, mm-hmm. in, in another situation, I would have gone like an hour early and kind of taken everything in, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, my other takeaway I, was the the Modella Cantina. It's pretty cool. Hmm. What is so? What was that? So explain that a little bit. It was all the way at the oh, top. I was, I was gonna be like, you don't remember going up there, but uh, no, you're just <laughs> no, doing we a nice podcasting. Um, so it's like <laughs> it's like a bar at the top of the stadium where you can get in for free and you can overlook and watch the game. And it's not like you get a great view from up there, but you do get the sights and sounds of the arena. And there's TVs, everything up there. It's just kind of like a cool touch. You could see that being a a fun spot to go with your friends. Like, hey, let's just go up there and, like, you know, take in the game and have some drinks with some friends or, like, you know, a date or something. Uh, that, so that last part is what I take away from Chase Center. It's I never felt like Oracle Arena was like, oh, this is a cool date spot. I, I felt like that's what Chase Center is, essentially. Like, it's the perfect date spot. It's great food. It's a great area before the game, after the game. Um, it's just a great-looking area. Uh, the Like, the atmosphere, the vibe, all of that is just like, hey, this is a really good spot to bring someone to to enjoy a game. The game itself, I, we, don't, we don't know. We have no idea. Just because there was, there was a lot of people there, I thought. But, it, I mean, it's a well, preseason It's, it's game, preseason. Right? Everyone, everyone I know who yeah. had season tickets was trying to sell that ticket. They're like, yeah. man, we're paying enough for the regular season. Try to make some of my money back. Right, so there was no like we're not gonna know that, and so it might be amazing. Um, they were, we did notice they pumped in a little bit of noise at, at a certain. But I will say, uh, when the crowd got into it, the acoustics of it were pretty good. Like it definitely, mm-hmm. they've talked about it the whole time that the premium was on making sure to keep the sound in the arena, and mm-hmm. we'll see. You can't like, you can't manufacture noise even if you try, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it does seem like if the fans are into it, it can get loud. I do not think that it's Levi's, though. I saw some people throw that out there. I saw some people whining about the noise. I'm like, dude, dude shut up. It's a preseason it's, game. It's a fucking – yeah, it's a preseason game. It's 85 degrees on a Saturday in San Francisco. It's right next to the water. I didn't even want to be there, Sam. <laughs> like, come on. Like, they're playing the Lakers in the game one, and, like, Omari Spellman's is starting center. Nobody wants to watch that. And so I get it. Um, like, this is not Cleveland, right? Cleveland, like, that basketball is the only thing that's going on there when there's a basketball game, right? There's stuff going on. So I think for a big game in the regular season, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. But it did, it did look amazing. It did feel amazing. So there, there, is, uh, there is that. And it also took us, like, 10 minutes to get there. So I can't complain. No, I can't um, complain. And I will say, like, the, the outdoor area, I mean – it's in the middle of things. I'm kind of excited to see if it creates like a fun atmosphere the way um, I'm not a Giants fan, but like there's no denying like when the Giants are decent, the atmosphere around the ballpark, it's pretty fun pre and post game. 
Yeah. And that's something you never got at Oracle just because Oracle was, um, there's nothing around it. You know, you, you go there, the inside was great atmosphere, but then you have to leave to get to anywhere that's social, to get to a restaurant, to get to a bar. Yeah. So I'm excited for that aspect. Um, those are things we won't really be able to tell for like a few months. Yeah. And then like we probably, we won't be able to tell about playoff atmosphere till the playoffs. So it's, it's going to be a while, but I mean, I was impressed. I liked it. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. I am not excited. However, um, Oh, we're doing mailbag, but you're probably going to ask a mailbag question about well, the game. 90% of the mailbag questions are about the game. So let's transition it. Yeah. Go ahead and, and, and drop one of those questions. If you, uh, if so, you have it in front so of you. So you mentioned Omari Spellman from GSW content thoughts on Omari Spellman. I know it's only one game, but do you think the dubs won that trade? I know I, I kind of like the fact we knew what he's going to bring, even though he didn't shoot particularly well. Most Spates vibes. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Um, my takes on Spellman were he's kind of fat. He's, he's still not in shape, but like he, okay. He, the, what he did do well is he still rebounded and he hit a couple threes. What he didn't do well was everything else. Yeah, he's also – I thought he lost 40 pounds. Yeah, he's got to lose another 40. Yeah, how does that work that he's still so fat? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I mean, winning the trade, who cares, right? It's Damian Jones. Anytime you trade – it's such a small trade. doesn't really matter. Like, I'm, was... I'm a little more intrigued because I think the upside with Smellman, I'm not saying he'll ever be anything, but, like, the upside's higher than Damian Jones. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and the and again, he's not going to play. He shouldn't play that many minutes. If he's going to play a lot of minutes, you're, you you don't have a good team. Um, so if they can get him out there, maybe five minutes a half, like hey, maybe he'll throw out some good minutes and he can play hard for five minutes a half. Yeah, I'll be fine. But yeah, you definitely don't want him to like how many minutes he played yesterday. More than that. Well, he started. And so like, and and that yeah, was you don't actually, want him to do that. Let's pull this back. That was my big takeaway. Obviously, the Lakers. Um, they have their own questions, but their 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 undeniable strength is inside, right? And the Warriors were without their first and second string center, and Anthony Davis let them know that really fast, and LeBron also. And my big takeaway was this team. I mean, I knew they weren't deep, but they like legitimately like if Looney misses a game, I don't think they can win. They're well. I mean, yes, they can probably win a game, but like, no. you know, like they don't. If he misses a month, they don't have the. It's not just Steph and Draymond who we know, like, without them, they're going to be in trouble. It's like if they miss Looney, I don't think they have the requisite depth inside to like get through two weeks. Yeah, yeah, no, that's um, that's. I hear you. And like, I, I mean, I think you and I both agree Looney's better than Willie Cauley Stein. But Willie's at least a guy who's been in, who can be in an NBA rotation. Yeah, Zaza Pachulia would be nice right now. I um, mean, they got him on the on the staff. They do. In some ways, a consultant. Yeah, te- technically, he is in the part of the team. Um, yeah, it was rough to watch. Uh, I'm gonna let you ask the question, so we'll stick with the the center position so far. But yeah, uh, with that, it's it's hard to watch a team that. I mean, center position and small forward position, those are the two ones that they don't have locked down. And it's like it's not even like they have serviceable guys to play there. If they have injuries, it's it's literally lottery players. Like Omari Spellman, come on. I will, say, got... I will say this. If they're fully healthy, they have serviceable centers. Yes, yes, yes. 
And um, my, my big thing was watching them the other night. Um, they can get up. They, they might be able to get away with kind of small forward being a mess. They might be able to get away with center being a mess. They're not going to be able to get away with both being a mess at the same time. That's well, like yeah. other outside of Steph making 800 shots, which he can do like that's, that's a lot to ask of, uh, of a team, but also it's a first preseason game. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, let's not get too into it. D'Angelo Russell also didn't look great. So, but, but yeah, let's, let's go not, there. Let's not Actually, try to I, break it down too hard. I got a D'Angelo. Well, no, but I mean, we should talk about it. So it's a first preseason game. Kerr did say D'Lo wasn't really in game shape. Um, interesting because Instagram shows me working him working out nonstop all the time, all the time. I'm not ready to go love of the fame with him, but but he's on love of the fame watch. He's, he's officially <laughs> well, been put on notice. No, well, it, um, is, it is curious that Steve Kerr said that. I think um, Kerr, Kerr made Kerr worded it in a way that he basically said he doesn't play a lot of pickup. He does more individual workouts. So. There's a difference between that and game shape, which which I get, which actually it's, it's probably true of a lot of players. Um, I don't know that D'Lo looked out of shape to me. I think he just looked off. Yeah, didn't he just didn't shot. look good. He, yep. he looked – I mean, he had a few really nice passes. Um, his jumper wasn't working at all. And uh, he's not really a player who gets easy buckets. That's the thing yeah. with him. That's the thing with him that's um, – that's kind of his downside. Like we know when Steph doesn't make shots, he can do other things that help you win. Well, I, th- so that's, that's the point. That's my biggest takeaway. The issue here for, for D'Angelo in that one game is you want him to play off ball. He needs the ball in his hands. It's very simple. When he, he, he didn't have the ball. I was watching him come off the screen. I was watching him. He tried, right? So he tried, but he's just not there yet. And that's fine. Right, that's fine. what you expect him to be good game one preseason. No, so that's okay for him not to be good playing off ball yet. It'll take some time. Maybe it'll take a month. Maybe it'll take two. It, it's not there for him there yet, though. Like for someone like Clay and Steph Curry, who are right, the two who are, best off ball guys. Yeah. So, um, I, I, so and I'm okay so, yeah. with that. Yeah, I am as well. Um, as well. So so maybe the adjustment for Steve is that maybe you put the ball in his hands a little bit. You know, maybe get him a little better rhythm to start the game, and then you kind of transition him into an off ball a little bit more uh as the season and the game goes along so uh but yeah he definitely didn't look comfortable off ball at all like he didn't know how to run a guy off the screen off ball that type of stuff and he definitely wasn't shooting right so that that type of stuff but again it's it's early on on a on a broader note i didn't see any changes in the offense i just saw worse players running the offense that's not a good thing right no <laughs> like that, that um, might not be a good thing and that frustrated me but then on the flip side, it's a first preseason game. Uh-huh. I don't necessarily mind Kerr taking stock of how players look in kind of the stuff they're used to doing. And it's one of those things where if if there aren't adjustments made in two weeks, I'll start getting really frustrated. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you because this is a, this is a real concern now. I, I don't know about hedging this one because if he doesn't adjust his scheme to the players and he – and like you said – that he's running a similar offense where it it suited Iguodala and Livingston. We talked about this last podcast. Talk if he about starts every run, podcast, <laughs> every podcast, because I think we're getting ready to be very frustrated about this this season, <laughs> win or lose. And uh, so yes, uh, Jordan Poole looked good. However, on the yeah, bright let, side, let's um, 
I what was there a go... question on that? Well, yeah. Oh, should we go somewhere a, else? There's a bunch of others. So let, let's go on that. I'm, I want to start, or let's let's go into. So we already said D'Lo looked rusty, but I I don't think either you are concerned about it yet. Nope. Um, Jordan, I will say Jordan Poole and Eric Paschal look good. Um, they they looked a lot better than I expected, and I'm sure the rookie thing will hit them very quickly. But they both look like players to me. Like, yeah, they looked. Let's put it this way: they didn't look good for rookies. They looked better than McKinney. They looked better than Glenn Robinson the third. They looked better than I thought. Jacob Evans looked okay, but like they looked better than Omari Spellman. They looked. They, they they looked um, good relative to the other players who should probably look better than them. Yeah, I'm with. So they look like they looked at, like if Steph, D'Lo, Looney, and Draymond, and 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 those guys, they look like if those guys play well, that they will have games where they will be serviceable for this team and can help them win. Which is honestly, I think, like the ceiling of these guys for the first year. Yeah, actually, I honestly like we we talked about this in the past. I was expecting Alec Burke to be the the wing off the bench who scored, um, and he may still be. He didn't play this game. I, he tweaked his ankle right before it, and it's preseason, and no one's going to risk anyone at this point, right? Um, and I kind of my assumption was Jordan Poole would spend most of the year in the G League. And Eric Paschal would be the one who got a shot because just they don't have many big like three four wings. So there's there's just a role for him, right? Um, but they might both get a shot to play 15 minutes a game starting opening night. Yeah, that'll be fun. I thought Jordan Poole had a lot of he had a lot of big body moves where you really don't see that from rookies where he's essentially like. <clears throat> Sorry, where he's essentially kind of he takes a dribble, he leans into the guy, pushes him off, and takes a shot. And he, I mean, he didn't make the shot, but he made that move a few times. Where it's I was, like, a, I was a little surprised by that because that's stuff kind of strong. That's stuff you do when you have a physical advantage. Yep. And watching him, my my whole thought was like, he's got he's got skill. Like he can legit shoot the ball. He's got a little bit of a handle. He definitely can create space, but he's skinny as hell. So I wouldn't expect him to do that sort of stuff. Um, but you were telling me that he needed to add 15 pounds right next yeah, to thinking, me when we were watching the game. I was legitimately we thinking like his biggest issue beyond being a rookie and, you know, just being 20 is he probably like, he needs to gain weight the same way. Pretty much every rookie perimeter player needs to gain weight, except for like, I don't know, like LeBron James or someone, right? <laughs> even he, but even he gained a lot of, yeah, a lot he of muscle. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Like everyone needs to gain weight when they're twenty, relative to like twenty eight to thirty two year olds, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, he looked good. Um, he had twenty two points efficiently, by the way. He was chucking out there too, four and chucking nine, in a good way. Four for nine, nine in a bad way. Three. Yeah, I will Not say this. Bad shots. I was I was watching. He was running the same sets Clay does, and he got some tough shots. And on the one hand, he made them. On the other hand, I'm like, why is this kid – like literally only Clay and Steph should run those sets. And maybe we should have them run easier sets too. But like um, he was making some tough ones, man. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be he, – he's, he's not afraid to shoot him. He's not afraid to play like that, which is pretty fun. Um, even Clay struggled shooting a lot 
in that remember that rookie year that Clay played? He struggled shooting a lot. Um, it's very rare that you have someone like Steph come in that first season and be able to shoot like that. So really, I think any type of good shooting season that Jordan Poole can pull out, put out there will be uh, very special because, I mean, usually guys that can shoot do not shoot well, not because they can't shoot, but just because that game is just too fast and too strong for them. So it was good to see and Jordan was, Poole do that. He was dealing with that in, the, in Summer League. In Summer League, he could mm, not make a mm-hmm. three. Mm-hmm. But he was hitting all the 18-footers and 15-footers he wanted. And to me, that was that was peak. The game's just a little too fast. You don't have your legs. Like It was it was clear he had the um, the shooting form to make it from that distance. But like it, it just takes most shooters a little time to get used to shooting at NBA range. Yep. By the way, I got a fun stat for you. I did not know this, but Jordan Poole had one of the highest percentages in college from NBA range. Which is to say, like, you know, the college line's what, 19-9? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. They're moving it back, but yes. But I, you can – some of the advanced stats will measure, like, what did this guy shoot beyond 23-7? And he shot significantly higher than his overall percentage. So you'll see someone like Cam Johnson was, like, 46% from three in college. I'm like, well, he was raining from that, like, 21-foot range. But when you took him out to 24 feet, not not as efficient. So maybe maybe he's a better shooter than because like his college percentage I think was 38 percent, which is yeah. pretty good. But like, you know, 38 in college, you're not expecting Clay Thompson. Yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, that is interesting because someone like Jacob Evans, who also shot like 37, 38 percent, didn't he from three? And you look at his jump shot, and yeah, it's certainly uh, very different from. Uh, from what it is today. Yeah, so. he's really comfortable at 19.9. <laughs> By the way, third and 28, and Mahomes finds a way. Oh, they didn't convert it. They get 27 of it. Um, all right, so before we get to the next question, let me get let me get a couple ad reads in, Sam. Um, all right, so let's do Axios, uh, which is awesome. I subscribe to Axios, both sports and for uh, um, for political uh, news. Uh, it's great. Every morning I get, a, I get an email. All right, so following a team that you love in 2019 can be time-consuming. Trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through every app and visiting every, every website on a daily basis is impossible. That's why I subscribe to Axios Sports, the best free daily newsletter in the land. Axios Sports is a modern sports, pa- sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, You'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL to cricket and ping pong, everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. Super simple, and it's free to sign up. Sports.axios.com Not only will you be caught up, you'll be the friend sharing an amazing link with your buddies. Join the uh, 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, no paywall, no subscription free uh, fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Again, try 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 it for free 99 at sports.axios.com. All right, we got one more. All right, let's do Harry's. I just got a haircut today, um, and I just used my new Harry's razor. Got to get rid of the uh, the week-long. Can we discuss how big a diva you were yesterday? Oh, God. Uh, you know what? Save that for uh, – we have a question about hair products, so I'm going to – I'm actually going to bring that up. Um, we'll get into it. Uh, humans have been shaving for thousands of years, and the secret to a great shave hasn't changed much. 
Oh, I like this one. So the ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters. Sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave. Easy glide, low price. Do us a favor, check out harrys.com slash bluewire for a free trial today. Harry's will return to the essential quality, durable blades at a free price, just $2 per blade. Super convenient, and the blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk for you to trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know, and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of my show can redeem the Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash bluewire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five-blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash bluewire to start shaving better today. All right. Dude, listen. We're doing our radio show yesterday. I had just gotten my my hair done perfectly. I, like, figured out a secret, Sam. All right? We'll get into it. But we had to use these, like, headsets. Got to use these headsets at 95. And I totally forgot about it. And I put them on top of my hair. And it just messes up the whole vibe, dude. Like, it just it brings the hair down a little bit. I got to take it on and off. There's, like, 500 people that wore it before me. It's kind of gross. Not a fan. I'm sorry. I ruined your, your evening. Actually, not even me, 95.7. <laughs> um, by the way, the question that I'm going to go for is uh, Denny at Den, at Den Niners. You got a Niners fan. He says, what hair products do you guys use? Sam, you want to go first before I get into my uh, new discovery? So I've actually been using less hair products these days. Um, and uh, that's been nice just because uh, my skin's better. I've had less reactions. <laughs> but um i usually use like a light pomade that's I have it some, so i have sh- some i have some thick hair but i've decided if i can't get it done with a light pomade you know we're just we're just gonna have to put the hat on because um I, i'm just over the the heavy gels yeah yeah you got thick hair though so the, the pomade the pomade the light pomade might not do much for you well i you use got a lot thicker. Of, <laughs> okay <clears throat> so so um i have li- i have really like thin hair so it's like super light so it takes a little bit to kind of to work on it. It's like, it's good, but also it's 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 not rough. So what I what I what I've done is if I do a pomade, it falls by midday. So it just like falls right. It just falls on top of the side of my head or the front of my head. And so what I've done is I've u- I've now used this like wax paste. <laughs> it's called DFY. Where so what I do is I I put it on. I know first. DFY. You're very Asian. <laughs> so I put it on. I I. Like it's just like a super strong coat that I put on. So and then I comb it and then I use pomade, um, American crew. And then I put that on top of it. So it like makes it more sleek. And so it sticks better and it, it makes it look a lot. Uh, it makes it look a lot, um, a lot more comb through. Cause I'm too lazy to do the blow dry combo. You know what I mean? Like there's the, you could do the blow dry and the gel where your hair sticks up a little bit. And it's a little more like, <laughs> It has a little Dude, more I'm volume. Having, I'm having a coughing fit, and I legitimately think it's because I'm disgusted by you right now. So, <laughs> anyway, anyway, wax and pomade. I figured out that if you use both, your your hair is gonna do is gonna look real good. So, for the listener who asked about it, though, I feel like our listeners are gonna enjoy that one. Yeah, 
By the way, we should tell our listeners. Um, we should tease this a little bit. We got something cool coming up in three weeks. Um, we appreciate all of you who listen over the years. Um, this season, in addition to our weekly podcast, Light Years will be producing multiple bonus episodes each week for premium subscribers. Um, Andy, these uh, these Light Years premium episodes will involve post game analysis and breaking news reactions exclusive interviews and of course a little love of the game love of the fame instagram analysis oh it's gonna be amazing so i I would like to to note that we're still doing our weekly podcast and it's still gonna have the same amount right of content we're still gonna do all the same analysis all the fun stuff that you love we're just adding on more right we're just doing more um and that's the premium content yeah and and the cool thing about it is you're gonna get a private rss feed that goes into your podcast player app whichever one you use use overwatch you use apple you spotify it'll go into that so you don't have to like download some new app so -hmm. the concept is like once a week we'll put one out on the light years feed and then there'll be two to three episodes light years premium uh for subscribers um we're still working out the pricing but i'm pretty sure it's just gonna be 99 cents the first month and then like a few bucks a month after that so We'll see. It should be fun. Um, yeah. We should get back to the Warriors. Uh, hopefully Steve Kerr doesn't kill our vibe. <sighs> Ooh. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why do you say that? Whoa. Is that a hot take from you? Okay, so we've, we've, uh, we've kind of talked about the game. So, like, at this point, our main takes from the game are – we didn't even mention Steph because Steph was good. Steph's still good. Big yes. take, right? Yeah. So well, Warriors yes. didn't Warriors didn't have two big men, and AD and LeBron ate them inside. Um, they're going to be good. Um, I don't know. I want to see how the Warriors look against the Lakers when the Warriors have their two big men, right? Um, so so Warriors had no big men, which re, which reminded us this team has terrible depth, right? Um, D'Lo looked rusty. Poole and Pasha looked useful. Guys like McKinney and Glenn Rob, I thought they I don't know, man. I'm not I'm not they didn't instill confidence night one, is all I'm gonna yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. Alec Burks didn't play. Alec Burks didn't play. I mean like six players didn't play, but they didn't really have they, they just don't have the depth for that sort of stuff. They need all hands on deck for most games. Mm-hmm. Strength the numbers, if you will. <laughs> Opposite. Strength strengthen like six numbers. <laughs> um, all the numbers. But the one thing I can't get over is like I don't know, both in camp and in post game, Kerr's body language has been terrible to me. There's a lot of uh, um, I'm not happy vibes, little little pouting. I don't know. Am I reading too much into this? Well, I mean, I don't know. I, my thing would be what's very. I mean, it's the first preseason very... game. Of course, I'm reading too much into it. <laughs> well, you must know something that we don't. Uh, well, so here's the thing. It was very telling a few months ago when Steve Kerr said, and we both know this, when he said, hey, like this is not going to be like the rest of the, the other seasons, right? We might not win a championship. It's going to be a little bit different. When he said that, you and I both know management was not very happy about him saying that. Even if it is true, and it may be true, it is really not up to him to kind of temper those expectations and say we might not be a championship team. His job is to coach and make the team as great as they possibly can be. And I think what he's trying to do is he's trying to sell us 
<laughs> he's trying to sell us on something that on a on a on a vision that the team may not be that good, so that he doesn't get as much, whatever he doesn't get as much you know slander or criticism or blame or whatever it is. I don't know, but when he said that a few months ago, it was very telling because why would a coach say that? Yeah, my right? thing, it was my thing is, um, I'm watching them last night and I'm thinking, oh man, this is not going to be the last five years. And intellectually, I knew that going into the season. Right. Like, I told you, my best case scenarios, they're like Portland. And then Clay comes back, and maybe they're dangerous in the playoffs, right? And then next season, we kind of figure out what they have and what they don't. And hopefully next summer, they make some moves to address whatever holes they have. And then they're back in the title hunt. Because we both know Steph, Clay, and Draymond, like, you can win a title around that core if you have the right pieces. Um, but the, the vibe I'm getting is, I I don't know. Actually, let me take that back. Forget the vibe. I I just can't, I just can't help but think about like Portland has made the playoffs every year with Damon CJ and no one on the wing and often questionable big man play like Nurkic had a, or sorry, Nurkic had a great year last year. And that was the first like legit big man they had. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Look at the Spurs. The Spurs with DeRozan. Last year, like, Derek White ended up being a player at the end of the year, but Derek White was nothing before the year. Mm-hmm. Patty Mills is Patty Mills. Correct. DeMar DeRozan they didn't have much DeMar of a defense. DeRozan. No, they didn't yep. have a defense. They got it done. Um, you know, it's just... Even, I'm with you. Even the Rockets didn't have size on the perimeter. They, I mean, they had much better players. They, they, they had Chris Paul, they had Eric Gordon, and they had... Um, James Harden, but that's still three guards. So, so when I see Kerr complaining about small forward, I'm like, dude, you can win with three guards. You may not beat the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George with three guards, but the Clippers last year made the playoffs with Beverly, mm-hmm. Landry Shamit, who's a rookie, Shea Gildress Alexandris, who's a rookie, three guards, two of which were rookies. They made the playoffs. It's doable, and yep. I'm just a little worried that, like, there's not going to be that hunger from the coaching staff. Like, I don't know. I thought Doc Rivers was amazing last year, and I think that's a big part of the reason that the Clippers were able to win when that team could have easily folded. Yeah, just so I think you make a great point, just that you ran down the teams that have flaws, and they made the By playoffs. Way, every team except for, like, the top three teams have flaws. And no, even the top three teams have flaws this season. The only flawless team is the war were the Warriors the last three years. That were the that was the only flawless team, right? Yeah, but there, there's like mitigating levels of flaws. Like the Clippers, I wonder what you're you're wondering about their health and ball handling a little bit, but like that's a pretty stack. Yeah, but but like not okay, right? Sure. I mean, in in the flaws year, are less than the Warriors this year. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, right. But it's like. <sighs> This is not a lottery team. This is not a 20-30 win team. This is a team that should win at least 40 to 45 games with a chance to make the playoffs at 48 to 50 games. And Steve Kerr's job is to get them from that baseline to their ceiling. And it just – I think you make a good point in that. Why are we tempering expectations for that when – it's Steph Curry's prime. It's Clay Thompson's prime. It's Clay's not playing, so let's and take Clay's him out. Prime. Of the, D'Angelo let's... Russell is into it. 
but still, like D'Angelo Russell is a new addition, and he's really fun. And he, like, why is he there... seems really bought in? By the way, that I cannot stress enough how like um, his personality is a lot more like Steph than I realized. Like, even from a negative standpoint, where you're like, dude, you don't need to try that pass right now. But yeah, but like, he's got that kind of like joyous, like I really like playing. I, I just I just don't I just I'm with you man I, I like that you brought this up because I just I don't get I don't get the tempered ex I just I don't get like the woe is me kind of like oh this is such a tough job or this is like dude listen you're not gonna have Kevin Durant and four Hall of Famers Andre Iguodala for the rest of your career this is not how basketball Livingston is your seventh man <laughs> you know, it's Steve like, Kerr has said it himself too, right? Like he said, like, "Hey, this is not always going to be like this." Okay, great. Now it's not like this. What are you going to do about it? So, so the counter argument would be maybe he's he's trying to slow build them. Okay, and by doing that, he doesn't like have them freak out off the bat when they start. I don't know, like three and six or something like that. But on the other hand, I don't know. I'm I'm with you. I, I guess the big thing for me is I don't see Steph worried right now, and that's a positive sign. I do see Draymond getting a little frustrated already. He's got a little of that, like, he's – I don't know how, um, you know, it's how, uh, how patient he's going to be when guys keep making the same mistakes. Well, I think you know I'm okay with guy making mistakes. I don't I don't know if I'm okay with, I don't know if I'm okay with. We talked just about this in the beginning of the pod. Lack of adjustments, lack of a coach that's willing to get them, um, put them in the right position to win and change and make enough changes to get them to win. If we're gonna watch you, you this gotta, team you play the coach, same offense, you gotta coach dude. game nine like it's a playoffs. When you're in a tight game, you gotta make those adjustments because you need that win because every win matters. Yeah, And that's the part which is interesting to me because he's been able to manage the regular season with the, with the, um, with the understanding that they can fall into 55 wins. Okay. Let's, and let's be very clear here too. When he created that offensive defensive scheme, they rode that. They rode that to a championship. There was no point in that 67 win season where they're like, Oh, you know, we're 500 here. Maybe we need to make new adjustments, blah, 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 blah. They didn't have to do any of that. Now, there is no riding what they're going to do to 67 wins. It's, it's going to be stop and go. They're going to be 5-5 five and five, and then 10-8 and eight, and then you know 12-17 and 17, and then maybe they'll win eight in a row. Right? It's going to be stop and go. He's going to have to make those type of adjustments and changes. We haven't seen that yet, and he don't really seem happy about making those changes. So, Yeah, it's going to be um... – to me, that's the bigger thing than anything we saw in game one. Like, D'Lo sucked. Steph looked good. Honestly, Draymond looked mediocre at best. Um, yeah, but... Uh, you know, Jordan Poole looked exciting. You couldn't have asked for a better debut from the rookie. Um, Omar Spellman looked like a project. And, you know, all yeah. that sort of stuff. But I'm curious how Kerr is going to manage it the whole way through because they're going to need a lot from him. And he's... Is he the highest paid coach in the NBA, or is he the second highest? He's one of the highest paid. Well, we don't know how much we don't know how much he gets paid. He's one I of the highest paid it. coaches, and they're expecting maximum return from that. Well, they should. 
They should. Do your fucking job. Do your job. <laughs> that's your how we're going to end it. On the, Bill Belichick, do your job. No, but by the way, Bill Belichick, one of the greatest coaches in history. Now that's a guy that can coach. All right. That's a guy who's right, obsessed with coaching. I just want to put it this way. He's obsessed with coaching. Popovich is a lifelong coach. Being a coach means sometimes you're dealt a shitty hand and you make the best of it. You can't be competing for a title every year. That's not how it works, man. That's not how life, that's not how life works. Be nice. That's not how life works. All right. They got the Timberwolves on, Saturday, on Thursday, so we'll talk. And they got the Lakers again next Monday, so we'll talk next and week. And they got the Lakers 30 more times. Yeah, no, no, no. We'll talk. We'll, we'll cover those games after that, so it'd be great. <laughs> All right. All so. right man.